Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Book of Daniel first. If you look in chapter 1 in the book of Daniel, it was during the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, that God had finally had enough. God brought the empire of Babylon and brought them there and took all of them into captivity. God had promised, He had said, He would prophesied that this was going to happen because His people were not faithful. Particularly, we learn from the end of the book of uh, 2 Kings and Chronicles, we learn that one of the things that God had most wanted to accomplish in this captivity was that for 490 years the, the children of Israel had not observed the seventh year rest for the land. God intended that there was a weekly rest which was on the seventh day and there was also going to be a seventh year rest for the land that it might recover and recoup. And therefore in the sixth year they would plant, this is what his intention was, they would plant their crops and he would give them double enough to cover next year when they're not supposed to plant so that the land could lie fallow. They had not observed this. And over that period of time living in the promised land, 490 years, they had failed to observe that seventh year resting of the land, producing 70 of those times that they did not observe. And therefore they were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. This empire came into being. Brought, God brought them to the land of Judah and hauled them away. And everything in the temple, all of those treasures were taken to the idol God of the Babylonians. This would have happened, this happened in about 606 B.C. Taken with that group, we find four people who dominate the discussion of the book of Daniel. And the first four, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they are the first part of the book. And then Daniel is both in the first and all throughout. Now, you know those three better, of course, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Names given to them by Nebuchadnezzar, and Daniel's name was called Belteshazzar. So these men were taken in. The king said, I want to have young men whom we can train to learn the language of the Chaldeans. And, and we can train them as educated men to lead and to be involved in this land of Chaldea. Therefore, when they came and got these young men, they were probably, I'm going to say, around 20 years old. 
that was probably, a, that's a, probably a pretty good estimate because if you recall, back in the time that God said to the people in the wilderness, you're not going to go in the promised land now because you have failed. You didn't believe the spies who said you can conquer the land. And God said, you're going to roam around for 40 years in the wilderness and everybody over 20 years of age is going to pass away, and only those 20 years and under. That's an interesting concept. That's the time at which their adulthood began, or their young man, young child status might have ended. So it would make sense that Daniel and his friends were maybe around 20 years old when they were taken into captivity. And this captivity, of course, lasted for... 70 years, which means that Daniel was quite an old man when everything ended. And we're going to notice some things about him in that time. The Babylonian Empire was also taken out. By prophecy, God said that they would succumb to the Medes and the Persians. At the end of Daniel chapter 5, we find that Darius the Mede came in and conquered Babylon. And in that conquering, continued to keep the people of God who had come or been taken captive in Judah. And Daniel was, of course, a part of that. This happened at about 539 B.C. So, 67 of the 70 years were spent in the custody of the Babylonian Empire. And then about three more years until everything was concluded that Daniel spent under the Medes and the Persians with the rest of his people. Now, back to Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 10. I want to use also verse 11. So if you'll be looking down there, I want you to think with me this morning about how Daniel is known as a prayer. That is, prayer was his habit. This is something that Daniel did. And so we have this account. This account that takes place so that we understand that prayer was a center part of David's life, or Daniel's life. And I want you to notice that as we talk about this, I want us to think about the importance of prayer for those who lead. And as I think about about five things today that prayer did for Daniel, those same areas, those same five things are necessary in the lives of leaders and how prayer can help in that situation. The immediate story is simple. When Darius took over, Medes and the Persians, Daniel was well known among those captives. Well, he's probably around 87 years old by now. But he was still given a place of honor. This Darius noticed that he was a, a very important person and, and obviously talented, intelligent. 
He wanted to appoint, the king did, 120 satraps, lower authorities, to rule and to help him rule in that land. And he also appointed three governors who would have been right under him, and they would have control of the satraps. And one of those governors was Belteshazzar, Daniel. He became a governor. And he was placed in position of authority. I want you to notice verse 10. When did Daniel go to pray? The text says, when he knew that the writing was signed. The first thing I want you to understand is prayer healed his mind. What's going on? In his job as governor, he was obviously very good. In fact, he was so good that Darius thought about making him even higher than the other governors and placing him over everybody. This did not sit well with these Chaldeans, with these people in the new regime. I'm going to surmise that these men were much younger than Daniel. And not only were they younger, but they were a part of the in crowd, the Medes and the Persians who were in control. And Daniel, he's an old man, and he's one of those captives that we have taken. How dare he have a position higher than we? And so they set about the idea to set a trap for him, to figure out how they're going to catch him. And they had to set a trap because Daniel was faithful and he did his job well. They could not find anything to accuse him before the king. So they came up with this grand plan they were counting on the ego of the king. How about this? They said, king, for the next 30 days, why don't you make it so that no one can pray to any god except to you? Well, that hit well with the king's ego. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Makes me important. And so they made this treaty. He signed it, and when Daniel knew it was signed, he went to pray. Prayer was for him the healing of his mind. He was obviously troubled. He was obviously concerned. He didn't run away. He didn't complain. He went immediately to pray. When leaders are troubled in their minds, when they have concerns, when they are really upset, prayer should be at the top of their list. I can say for absolute certain, having spent almost 30 years here now and watching all of the shepherds who have come through this place help to lead this flock, Prayer has always been a central part of the time they spend together. This particular group opens with prayer and closes with prayer. Leaders with troubled minds can find healing in prayer.
number two. When it was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows opened toward Jerusalem, he kneeled to pray. Daniel had spent 20 years in his home country. His people had spent 400, almost 500 years in that country. Their religious life was centered around the temple at Jerusalem. Daniel had come from that city, captured there. Maybe it's hard for us to imagine because the, the religious life that we have is not centered around the church building for us. And yet there is something truly, <coughs> excuse me, missing by us not being able to be in this building together. But it's even more so for the Jewish people. They were people who, who understood that God's presence was in that temple, in that most holy place where the high priest would go once a year and offer the sacrifice, blood, pouring it on the mercy seat. And God would meet him there. Can you imagine growing up in Jerusalem and seeing that temple and knowing it was right over there and in some ways be able to say, I'm this close to the God of heaven. Well, now Daniel's in a foreign country. He's lived there for six plus decades. Daniel realized that prayer covered a distance. He didn't allow the distance from Jerusalem to, to make him distant from his God. And yet, to open his window and pray toward Jerusalem gave him a sense of closeness. Prayer covers the distance between us and God. In 1 Kings 8, Solomon in his prayer as dedicating the temple even made the statement. He said, and in the future when your people sin and fall away, when they pray toward this place, will you hear and heal them? And that had been the habit. Prayer covers a distance. There are times when leaders feel distant. The difficulties of leading and managing and helping. And maybe those whom they lead are at odds with them and they feel distant from those they lead. They feel distant from the God of heaven because we want more immediate answers than sometimes we get. Distance is a problem that leaders face. Like Daniel, prayer covers a distance. It brings us closer to God 
It brings us closer to those with whom we are in the moment of prayer. And it brings us closer to those for whom we are praying. I believe it is impossible for us to hate someone for whom we are praying. Prayer covers a distance. Number three, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed, as was his custom since early days. Prayer controlled his day. David, in Psalm 55 and verse 17, had made this statement, Evening and morning and noon, I will pray to you. The Jewish day started at 6 p.m. Daniel said he started, David said he started his prayer in the evening as the day began. He prayed in the morning as the sun rose and he prayed at noon in the middle of the day. Three times David said he would pray to the Lord. This is what Daniel did. This prayer controlled his day. It seems that no matter what he was doing, he took time out to pray at those times. I don't know if they were strict, minute-timed prayers, but basically he would pray three times a day. Now think about it. He had been doing this since early days. He's 87 years old. He has a life of praying to God three times a day. Prayer controlled his day. I preach about prayer because prayer is not something that comes natural to me. And it's not something that I schedule well. And so I want to learn from Daniel and others how that happens. We need to schedule our time. We need to prepare our time. We need to make time to pray. That's what Daniel did. In fact, he built his day around it. Every meeting that I have been with our shepherds, they build the meeting around prayer. Let me encourage our deacons, build your work around prayer. Teachers of Bible classes, build your teaching around prayer. Those of us who do whatever it is that we do, build your life around prayer. Let prayer control because prayer has the ability to control the mind to control the emotions. That's what prayer does. And Daniel was a prayer. Number four, in his prayer, he gave thanks to God because prayer thrilled his heart. Seems so odd, doesn't it? Because what's going on? What's going on is they have trapped him 
They know that he does this three times a day. They know that they're going to catch him. And since the statement has been made, you can't pray to anyone except the king, they knew he would. And when he was caught, they were going to throw him in the lion's den to be eaten. He, Daniel, was troubled in his mind, but he was thrilled in his heart. Not because he was ready to die at the hands of the lions, but because he was thankful for everything. He wasn't just thinking about this moment. I believe he was in prayer thankful for all the moments for 67 years. I think he was thankful for everything that God had done for him and with him and by him for all of these years. God took care of him. God was there. He was excited. He was very happy to know that God had always been there and had never left him. So prayer was a time to be thankful to God. Isn't it interesting that in a moment of great difficulty and trial and great concern, prayer included thanksgiving to God even in the difficulties. As we pray, let us all of the time be thankful to God for what has been as we intend to ask him of things that will be. Finally, look at verse 11. These men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Yes, Daniel thanked God, but this word supplication means to beg to beg for mercy. Was Daniel concerned about the lion's den? I think so. No one in his right mind would think anything else. And Daniel in prayer knew that he should and it was right for him to release that because in prayer he could voice his concerns. I know there are times that people can't figure out what to say in times of great agony or grief. It's difficult. The Bible says in Romans 8 that we have the Spirit living within us. And, and, and in prayer, it's speaking to God on our behalf with groanings which cannot be uttered. We sometimes don't know what to say and the heart just can't figure it out. But we can voice as best we can our concerns in prayer. That's what Daniel did. But he could beg for mercy because it had always worked. Chapter 1, when the king wanted them in this special role to eat his food and not their food, do you think Daniel prayed? I think he did. And God answered his prayer showing that his food was even better than the king's food. Do you think when those... <clears throat> when the king wanted to have someone interpret a dream and he called on Daniel to do it, do you think Daniel prayed about that situation and asked God to give him the interpretation? I guarantee you he did and it worked. 
What about when his friends were caught not standing or praying at the time of the sounding of the trumpet before the great idol that the king built? Do you think Daniel and his friends prayed about that? I think so, and that's why they were delivered from that fiery furnace. Do you think that Daniel prayed to God continually in those times? I think absolutely so. Daniel had always known that God was there, and therefore he could voice his concerns. Those who lead, remember, God wants to hear what we have to say. God wants us to voice our concerns. Sure, He knows. So it's not about informing God of anything, but it is about forming ourselves under Him to ask and to voice. Yes, I believe it is true that Daniel was a prayer because it healed his mind, it covered a distance, it controlled a day, it thrilled his heart, and it voiced his concerns. <clears throat> you know one of the things that thrilled Daniel? Why could he be thankful in the midst of difficulty? Well, if you go to chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, in that first year of Darius... Daniel knew that the 70 years were about up. The captivity is about to be ended. We're going home. And therefore, when they were going to put him in the lion's den, he wasn't thinking about that. He was thinking about going home because he already knew that it was about at the end. Prayer was a part of his life because he already knew and trusted that God's promise from the beginning to the end, would be fulfilled. There's a hint for tonight. But for today, God wants us to come to Him, to rely upon Him, to, to let Him guide our lives. We do that through prayer and connecting to Him. When you're a child of God, you have the right to pray to God. The passage we read at the beginning, our verse for the day, God's ears are open to the prayer of His saints. Sure, He knows that others are praying, but to His saints, it's special. He talks and works with them in a way that He doesn't with anybody else. His ears are open to their prayers. To everyone else who is praying, He sees that as an open heart, and He'll send the gospel to them in some form if they want to hear it. So today, do you want to have the ear of God? Well, then you need to be in the blood of Jesus. If you're not a child of God, if you've never obeyed the gospel, why not today? And if you've not been faithful to God's call, why not today? The prayer, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, James said. Why not let God heal you? as we approach Him in prayer. Thank you for joining us today. If we can help you, please give us a call. Let's be sure to call upon God for all that we need.
We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.